Welcome to the Green Zone Podcast, the show that teaches oil and gas executives how to take command of their finances and live in the green. Your host, Jeff Green, from Green Financial Group, will be your financial guide, all while giving you a tour of the most beloved and best-kept secret spots around Houston, Texas. Now, on to the show. As an adult, you probably do a pretty good job of avoiding cyber scams. You don't click on strange links. You delete requests from people you don't really remember, including that Nigerian prince. Like I said, you're pretty good. But what about your kids? Well, Jeff and Lauren's guest is the CEO of Crime Stoppers Houston. Runyam and Karios offer some key insights into the online world of kids and teens and what you should know. Runya, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Outstanding. So good to have you on here. I mean, I've been here about Crime Stoppers forever. Um, you know, I think it's one of those those cool organizations out there that kind of, you know, really does some good in the community. Thank you. We we feel that way. You know, I've been fortunate enough to be with Crime Stoppers for 16 years. Wow. 16 years. That's awesome. It's a long time. And I feel like it's, you know, a hidden gem. It works very quietly in a lot of communities, but in a mighty and powerful way. And uh, we're very proud of our our city, Houston, Crime Stoppers of Houston, because we've really expanded the organization so much. And we do a lot of things that are really unique. And we're we're just really proud of it. Cool. So tell us a little bit more about yourself, Rania, and then, you know, more importantly about the kind of the work that you're doing right now with, with Crime Stoppers. Well, um, I'm a mom of three, and that's probably the first and foremost. It's, you know, my passion lies in, in safe families and safe communities. Um, but Where do your kids you know, go to school? Yeah, they're in middle and high school, and I can't believe it. It's like overwhelming because they're <laughs> they're growing, which means I'm aging. So I don't love that too much. Um, but we're dealing with all the things that every other family across the country is dealing with. And, and it's important to me. It's always been important to me to know what's going on, but not get paranoid or scared, but to figure out solutions. And so um, my background, I have a master's degree in marriage and family therapy, because I've always just loved the study of people and think you know, people are an expression of the family unit they grew up in, whatever that looks like. And I went on to law school, you know, born and raised in Boston, but married a Texan and found myself in Houston, Texas in 2004. Um, I'm so sure you don't sound like a Bostonian. I know. Well, to be honest, when I moved here and people said, you don't sound like a Bostonian, I'd say there is no Boston accent that's like in the movies. And now when I go back, I'm like, oh my God, every single day. There's, there's a definitely, there a, Boston is definitely a Boston accent. I didn't hear it growing <laughs> up. No, I, uh, but my parents are were immigrants and, and, and I think... Um, that might be a part of it. So they didn't have a Boston accent and I just, I, I'd never heard it growing up, but anyway, ended up in Texas, married to a diehard Texan and found myself looking in the nonprofit sector, you know, saw this organization, Crime Stoppers, figured I'd just go interview to kind of get used to interviewing in the city and immediately fell in love with it. And that was again, 16 years ago. And I never, I've not left since. Awesome. That's really cool. I I know Crime Stoppers from the tip line. I you know I feel like a lot of people always talk about the Crime Stoppers tip line. That's what we're known for, and I think you know there are seventeen hundred Crime Stoppers spanning over thirty two or thirty five countries. And the one thing we we all have in common is a tip line that allows people to report information anonymously, and you know information on felony crimes, and that information goes to seasoned investigators and works to solve some of the biggest cases, at least in the Houston area and really across across the globe. 
What makes our organization different is, you know, that mission to solve and prevent crime for me meant more than just finding John Smith who committed a murder. Yes, we solved a crime and we prevented a crime because technically John Smith is not out in the streets to commit another murder. To me, prevention was this whole big world of education. You know, we can prevent crime by mitigating, by providing people information that mitigates and changes behaviors or, or makes them observant or keeps them from becoming victims of scams or um, falling, you know, into something online or, or you know, watching their surroundings when they're leaving a bank. There's so many things we can do. And, and so we've spent a lot of time building our safe school program. We now have the largest safe school institute in the state. Uh, we're in the schools, boots on the ground, protecting children. Uh, we're, we have a safe community program now, a safe community institute that works with victims and covers every crime trend tip imaginable. Launched a research center. We have a podcast. Um, we're just doing so much in the community and we're really, really proud to do it all. So what is, uh, you said, um, what was it about the schools? You did, what did you call that again? It's our, it's a safe school. Safe school. What is that? So we literally have been in the school since 1997, well before school safety was this national hot topic, because we understood that the kids were the first line of intelligence. They're the ones that know, you know, little Jimmy's bringing a weapon to school tomorrow, or there's drugs being sold. uh, There's going to be a fight or there's a theft. And it's not that we were wanting to create a community of people who tell on each other, but we wanted the kids to have a safe place to report. You know, if you know something, be able to report it anonymously so that you we can be proactive in keeping our school community safe. So we started in the high schools, talking to the kids, making sure they knew they had access to this anonymous tip line. But around 2013, really the shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary impacted me greatly we realized the world was changing and the conversation in schools had to change. So we expanded the program. We brought it down to kindergarten. And we're not talking to kindergartners about, you know, report to a tip line, but we are talking to kindergartners about, you know, what does it mean to be a good neighbor and a good citizen and a good helper, you know, to be kind to the kids at school, to your siblings at home, um, to care about your school and your neighborhood. And then the the conversation grows. So by the time they're third grade, you know, we're starting to talk about safety and gaming and, 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 you know, online things that they're seeing by the time they're middle school, we're introducing things around teen dating violence. You might think, gosh, they're too young. No, they're not. Um, by high school, we were talking about exploitation and drugs and trafficking. Um, so we, the conversation really, really, really grows throughout all of it. You know, we're talking about respecting law enforcement and, as I said, being a good citizen and understanding how to report. And that program has reached over one million children and has removed almost 300 weapons before they could ever be used in a school campus. So it's exceptional work and it's it's captured my heart and the heart of any parent who who's been able to look at the work in action. That's outstanding. That's awesome. I've got three boys myself and um, my youngest is a senior at Memorial High School. And I remember, you know, they went to Hunters Creek Elementary over here and near where I live. And um, yeah, I remember I used to, you know, walk them to class, hold their hand, go walk them right to the their classroom door, talk to the teacher for a little bit. And, you know, it was a community. And now, I mean, it's just, it's just not like that. Now, no Memorial is like on permanent lockdown. They changed, and I'm glad they did this. I really am. But they changed all the policies, really. They, they went 
they went like on a major lockdown kind of not on a say lockdown, but they, the doors are locked. You as a parent, you can't just walk into school and talk to the front desk. You have to call an outside phone. If you go drop off a lunch or something that they may have forgotten, you have to do it at a, drop it at a table outside. You have to have an appointment to get in that school. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but I'm glad those, those policies are there right now. Yeah, it is. It's sad. And, you know, I, I recall the story when my, my youngest, my youngest of three girls, she has this crazy red hair and she looks like Merida from Brave. And she came home from school one day and she said, mommy, today we learned about drop down and go low. And we call her Red, and I said, Red, do you mean stop, drop, and roll, like if there's a fire? And she goes, no, Mommy. <laughs> today, she said, well, today we learned about drop down and go low. And I said, well, what is drop down and go low? And so she, like, proceeded to get on the ground and do, like, this army crawl. And I said, well, when, Red, when do you do drop down and go low? She said, well, if a, if a bad person enters the school um, and they give us the sign, we have to, do, we know to do drop down and go low. And so I realized they were training, you know, preschoolers, kindergartners for active shooter. And you know, people knew that I was with Crime Stoppers and a lot of parents called me and they said, hey, you need to tell the school that you're furious. We don't want this. And I said, listen, we need to tell the community that we're furious that our kids have to be raised this way. But I'm thankful to the school. I'm thankful that the school is doing everything they possibly can to keep our kids safe. I hate that this is the world they're growing up in and I want to change that and we're working to change that. But I definitely thank the schools for doing whatever they can to keep our kids safe for sure. Well, speaking of our kids, October is Cybersecurity Month, right? So, is that? I'm sure it's a big deal at Crime Stoppers. It is. We are <laughs> full steam ahead. Okay, so tell us. I mean, it's a scary online world out there for our kids, right? And so, you know, you know on the internet and whatever kind of nonsense these kids are coming across out there. Um, I mean, even my senior. <laughs> <laughs> he's got some stupid TikTok going every other night. And I'm like, what, what is this? And uh, anyway, but you know, what is it? What, tell us what's going on out there a little bit. And then more importantly, how can we as parents, you know, help our kids? Is, what, what, is there any, what kind of lines of defense do we have? Well, that's a loaded question. So, you know, I can summarize it by saying uh, online, the online world technology in general is, is, an issue we cannot ignore and we can't keep our kids separate from it. Um, that said, it's a world they understand far better than we do, but it has the potential to expose them and connect them to anyone and anything at any time and in any manner. So there's a huge disconnect between, you know, the parent, the generation of the parents who don't really understand it or overwhelmed by it, don't know how to raise our children through it. Uh, with kids who are wired to want it, know how to use it, um, and predators who understand that and want to use it to hurt our children. So, it, you know, for me, this big discussion of what do we do, you know, experts will say, just keep your kids off technology. That's what you do. And it's just, I'm sorry, it's not realistic. Um, kids sit there and figure out ways to hide things, delete things, make sure parents have no idea what's going on. Um, and in the meantime, you're, you're, you see kids get hurt. You see mental health issues on the rise, right. suicide itself. So my whole thing is how do we create a strategy to fix it? And, and that's what I've spent the last probably six years working on is actual tools and a strategy for parents and for kids. Okay. Is, I mean, I know it's probably another loaded question and could, you could probably talk for days about it, but what, can you tell us a little bit more about that? I mean, what, what have you been doing? I mean, what, what have you come up with? 
Well, it dawned on me, um, especially, you know, I spent five years researching kids and, and realizing I'll have kids say to me, Renya, I have found myself in the worst possible place online. I do not know how I got here. I don't know how I was sort of lured into sharing what I've shared. You know, parents will say, I can't, I learn about Snapchat and then all of a sudden they're on Be Real and I thought I, we were on this and now they're playing here and I can't keep up with the technology. The reality is, you know, a recent study said 72%, it's, it's much higher than that now, um, have no idea what their kids are doing online. They have no idea. But when you look at what kids are doing online, two numbers just always jump out at me. 90% of kids have been exposed to pornography by the time they're eight years old, whether they've actively sought it out or come across it un, uh, unintentionally. And then 77% of kids are actively, and this is more middle school, high school, are actively right now engaged. They're using social media to buy pills, which we know some of these are laced with fentanyl. They're killing our children, um, but to buy pills and to buy drugs. So it's a huge disconnect. I'll throw one more number out. The FBI says that at any given day, at any given moment, there's anywhere from 500,000 and I've seen up to 750,000 predators online actively grooming one to 10 children. So it's the wild, wild west of-, of oh, Lord. Yeah. And our kids are on the in this space and we don't understand it. So- how do we bridge the gap? And I've been working, I spent, you know, about five years studying the issue and one year writing uh, this book called um, The Online World, What You Think You Know and What You Don't. And the point of the book is to give kids and parents a roadmap that parents will say, my gosh, I absolutely understand this. And kids will say, you know what? I buy into that. I, I get why you're saying this to me and I get why I need to do it. I've got the book here right in my hand and um, it's a great book. I was reading some of it yesterday and one of the things, I don't remember what chapter it was in, but that I found really interesting was, I think it was a survey and it showed, I don't remember the, the time frame, but you know, what kids used to say they wanted to be when they grew up. Oh yeah. Um, and it was, you know, the traditional, I want to be a firefighter, or yeah. a, a veterinarian. And then what they say now, and it's a huge, I, I'm sure you know the numbers better than me, but it was a huge percentage, 40 something, maybe percent wanted to be YouTube stars. They Is that want, it's a majority and they want to be vloggers. So they asked kids in the US and in the UK, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they gave them all these choices, astronaut, scientist, teacher, and or YouTube or vlogger. And the majority of the kids in the US and in the UK it said, that's what they wanted to be. They did the same survey in China and the majority of the children wanted to be astronauts. So it's like, there's a disconnect. Wow. There's a disconnect. And you know, why do our kids want to be this? Because they've, they've realized. They see it all day long, I get right. I mean, they see it all day long, but, but guys, they also realize that there's a business that can be, that can come out of this. There's notoriety, fame, they can be seen, consumed, that fulfills value to them, that means something to them, and they can make, they can earn an income. And so they realize if I just dance a little, do be funny, be creative, be outrageous, if I can attract attention, if I can attract any type of attention and trend, even just a little, I can, I can make this work. That really is crazy that, I mean, and it's true. I've, I think I saw recently that there's some kid and he reviews toys on Instagram oh. or on YouTube. And I mean, I think the kid makes what, like 15, $20 million a year. And it's really reviewing toys. Yeah. He's like a little seven, yeah. eight year old and he gets Brian. toys. What's his name? 
his name's Ryan and he's, I think he's a Texas boy. And I think last time I checked, he was at like 22 or 26 million a year. Good Lord. I mean, can you, and I'm sure any kid would say, that's awesome. I'd love to get toys and get paid for it. And it looks easy, right? You know, my youngest red used to follow him and she said, gosh, this kid's the luckiest kid in the world. He gets toys, you know, sent to him every day. And he opens it. And I said, yeah, look at you. You sit there and consume it. You know, you're dying to see the latest thing that he's gotten. And I don't know what he makes annually. Maybe that was his total net worth, you know, but it was in the 20, 20 to 23, 26 million dollars. So kids think this is this is a dream. And I and I want that. Yeah, how, how can we protect our kids? I mean, is there is there anything that we can do? So there is a lot we can do. And and there has to be something we can do because to leave them just navigating this space with our hands up in the air, praying that nothing happens to them is not a strategy. Uh, yes, it's overwhelming. Yes. I always say kids versus parents versus technology is not a fair fight. Parents are going to be out, you know, outwitted. We're not going to win our kids and our tech and the technology will always have an advantage over us, but that, that doesn't mean we don't try as hard as we can. So I have come up with these four power tools, these solutions that I came up with kids really that I've, I found that if you apply them, they really can give your child a strategy to how they handle he or she handles himself themselves online, but also protects them and keeps them safe physically and emotionally. And, uh, you know, the book goes through a lot of different scenarios, family exercises. I take 2.2 million apps and boil them down to 16 buckets to help create like general family rules that cover your children, no matter what app they're on. I don't want to know the next app. I I have like app fatigue. I'm never going to keep up with all of this, but if we can give kids guidelines to how to, you know, to handle wherever they find themselves, we, we actually can keep them safe in this space. Is that in the book? It is. It is. The the two hardest sections to write were, you know, the the 16 uh, buckets that cover any app that comes out that that took me weeks to to figure, you know, to get that written. And then the next hardest part was my third uh, power tool, which is getting kids to, to recognize any threat and get out of it. And so there's so much that can come out of it, come at them. But I really took the time to teach kids, whether it's an external threat, like somebody saying, buy this, get a pill. Hey, you know, Lindsay, take your shirt off. Everybody's doing selfies. Everybody's doing nude photos. Everybody is take, show us, show us to internal issues. Like kids just sitting home alone. Nobody's even talking to them, but they feel bad about themselves. They're not as popular as so-and-so they're not the star football player. They start to feel internally, um, you know, so bad about themselves, we see them harm, self-cut, again, suicidal ideation, even suicide, getting kids to recognize these threats, external or internal, so they can know it, they can recognize it and block it. That was the second hardest section to write, but they're very useful for families. Which tip I really like is the post like a celebrity. I think that's (laughs) so interesting because, you know, I, I see celebrities, you know, You'll get up, you'll see a paparazzi picture maybe online. You're like, oh, they're in Italy. And then two weeks later, they're posting about this trip from, it- from Italy. And, you know, they're not posting in real time. They're never showing their license plate. They're never giving you, they're giving you, you know, visuals, but it's, it's so much, you know, security around it. And it's, you know, if I go to a concert, I'm posting that I'm at that concert. And anybody that's following me knows that I'm there. I would never think to not do that. But 
you know, that's got to be a way to stay safe on the internet. Yeah, that was the, the, we almost named the book posts like a celebrity, but then I was like, no, this we can't anyway. But the point of that, that power tool, and that's my fourth power tool is I recognize that kids emulate, they look up to these celebrities, these influencers, these artists who do post all the time. And so I was in this one school and I asked the teachers, you know, you know, I said, guys, my biggest request is that you post like a celebrity. And I remember the teacher and the counselor in the room, they were like, oh God, get this woman out of here. And I was like, wait, wait, let me finish my point. And I asked the teacher and the counselor, may the kids pull out their phones if they have them with them. And they let me, they indulged me. And so we went through the exercise and I said, guys, bring show, pull out Instagram, bring your, you know, the number one influencer, celebrity, sports athlete you follow. And the kids were so engaged. And I said, okay, the second, you know, you got your person, great. Second, you can raise your hand. The second you can tell me their home address and you see them like, they didn't even stop to be like, what are you talking about? We can't find that. They like looked at their phones and they started searching, searching, searching. And then they were like, wait, there's nothing here on their home address. And I was like, okay, interesting. And I said, well, they all drive these great cars. They post their cars all the time. Second, you can get a license plate, raise your hand. And they go, they dive. And you saw, I saw like one girl was like, oh, wait, I have. And she's like, oh no, she's, she has this great G wagon, but she's literally covering the license plate. I said, oh yeah, interesting. And I said, and these guys have offices, you know, they're, they're companies, just get the office. I want to drive. I want to I'm be in LA. I'll be in New York. I want to see JLo wherever pull into her parking spot. They look, 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 and they say, there's no office space. And it's, you know, it's a very small example, but it kind of turns the light on for them. And I simply said, you know, these people, these celebrities, these influencers, these athletes, you, you emulate them and you look at how they post, but you're missing the biggest thing. These guys have teams in place, entire teams that scrub their number, don't have GPS tracking on anything they post. They post so strategically. Their number one goal is that you never find them in real time. And I want you to post the same. And so I'll always have one kid that say, well, the, the Kardashians post in real time. I'll say, that's a great point. They do. I said, but the Kardashians always walk around with one or two sets of security. And last I checked, little Jimmy, you don't. So these small concepts resonate. Kids say, you know what? I get that. You're not telling me to like starve myself from the online world. You're just telling me to be smart about it. Like these people that I admire. And so it sticks, it sticks with them, whether they're eight or 28, it stays with them. That is great advice. You obviously did a lot of work on this book and that, you know, any, any other conversations with, with parents or teachers or kids that stand out to you? Yeah, I'm sure that you found a lot of interesting things as you're writing the book. There was just so much. And, you know, one is I always tell parents, it is overwhelming, but we can't give up. We don't want to fall into the myths. You know, parents will say, but I have such a good girl. My daughter is so good. And she's actually quiet and reserved. And, you know, I said, that's great. But online, it allows for kids to take a completely different personality, to be bold and courageous. They're behind a keyboard or a screen. Um, these myths that parents will say, well, I've solved this problem. I don't allow my kids to have any social media or be online. And I'll say, that's great, but I promise you, um, they probably have accounts you don't know about. So all you've really done is set them up to navigate the space alone. And, you know, we walk through, I pulled out seven, the seven biggest myths that I found in talking to parents and teachers and coaches and and I kind of knocked them all or explained why they're a myth and what you need to do if you're falling into that type of thought that, you know, your kid's safe or your kid's separate or your kid's different. And, and listen, at the end of the day, 
technology is wonderful and it's here to stay and our kids will be using it. We just want them to use it safely. And there's, and it's hard, but yet it's easy. We can get them there. That's great. That's good stuff. So how, I mean, how can people find your book? Where, where to buy it? Um, it's sold wherever books are sold. And, you know, we were so excited. It released number one on Amazon in three different categories. And, and so Amazon seems to be the place where people are going. It's called The Online World, What You Think You Know and What You Don't. Uh, so we're, I'm hoping people will get it. I'm doing free seminars for parents and kids. But you can also go to Crime Stoppers, our website, crime-stoppers.org. We, do, um, we will go into the schools and talk to kids. We will train teachers. Uh, we will do virtual presentations. If you're anywhere in the state of Texas or actually across the country, uh, we want to keep to do whatever we can to keep all kids and all schools safe at all times. And that's that means whether they're home or online. And so this is all we do. This is all we do all day. We understand the trends. We understand what they're interested in. Uh, we understand the risks and the dangers and how they think about them. And uh, we've really created and crafted tools and technology to reach them. It's a really, I mean, it's a great book and it's a, it's an easy read and it's got a nice picture of Ronnie on the back. So you can always play that. <laughs> I just think um, it, it's so, it is an easy read and it's so, everything is laid yeah. out so clearly. Let me tell you what the best part of this book is. It's the emoji dictionary. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at this right now. And I had no idea what some of this meant. I've seen you use one of these, uh, by the way, Lauren. Uh -oh, I'm going to have to look at the emoji dictionary <laughs> I, now. I, now I know what it means. So if you if you want to know what your kid's emoji stuff is, get this book. And it's at the emoji dictionary. That's awesome. Well, it was funny. I was I was texting somebody, one of my one of my daughter's uh, friends' mothers, and so I put an emoji, and my daughter goes, "Don't put that! Don't put that!" And I was like come on guys, we're, we don't, she's like, no, but you don't, you know what that really means, right? I said, yes, I know what it really means. But to us, a heart or a hug or, you know, whatever, I forgot which one she said, it doesn't, I said, it doesn't mean that to us, but it was so funny because she was full on panicked because our kids talk this way and they, they know, they know what all of these things mean, but a lot of parents don't. Ranya, thank you so much for being on. Um, I thought I, this was so great. Very timely. And uh, that's a great book. What's the name of it again? Can pull up again? Uh, on the online world, what you think you know and what you don't. And I promise you, there's going to be more in there that you don't, what you don't know. Yeah, you got to go get um, this book. It's, I mean, it's it's great for people with kids, but just anybody online in general. I mean, I I think it's very valuable information. Yeah, really good. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. All right, I'm going to tell you, Runya, I just ordered it myself, so it's coming tomorrow, oh. Amazon. <laughs> Lauren and Jeff, how can folks reach you? We know how they can get in touch with Runya. How about you two? Well, we are at www.greenfinancialgrp.com. You'll see us in our new office space, by the way, pretty September soon. 12, pretty soon, you know, coming up. Um, and uh, what's our phone number? 713-244-3030. All right. Follow the Green Zone to make sure you know when a new episode is ready for you. And of course, share the fun and all the information with friends and family. Thank you for listening to the Green Zone podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Green Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. 
Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. Green Financial Group is not a registered broker or dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Jeff Green is the founder of Green Financial Group and is a registered principal of RJFS. The Green Financial Group is located at 6363 Woodway Drive, Suite 625, Houston, Texas, 77057, and can be reached at 713-244-3030. Raymond James is not affiliated with and does not endorse the opinions or services of his guests. Services of his guests.